Hey friends, so we're jumping into the podcast today talking about how to stay relevant in a barter trade setup, our first critical steps in starting our homestead, and how to keep our kids happy on the homestead. Candace, one of our friends, is asking us questions today on the new series we're starting, Ask Drew and Lacey. If you've got questions and want to jump in, you know, send us a message and we'd love to have you on the podcast asking your questions. Hope you enjoy today's episode. Welcome to the Schoolhouse Life Podcast, where we believe that life is a schoolhouse. Totally. We're super dorks with a passion for sharing our love of homeschooling, homesteading, natural health care, plant medicines, natural childbirth, healthy eating, meditation, creative endeavors, overall self-sufficiency for the whole family. Oh, and don't forget self-development and spirituality. Oh, of course. Key players. We hope you'll be inspired to do things you haven't, try things that could make your life better, And mostly, we want to encourage you to never stop learning and let your life be a schoolhouse too. Okay. All right, everybody. We are super excited today. We're doing our first sort of Ask Drew and Lacey live session with our friend Candace. Fortunately, we're breaking in with someone we know, so hopefully she'll take it easy. Actually, I think she will take it not easy on us. I think that's what's going to happen. Candace is a good question asker. (laughs) She is definitely one of our top question askers, so I feel like it's only appropriate we do this first with her. I'm really excited that she volunteered and was willing, and we really just wanted to kind of hear from folks who are paying attention to what we're trying to help you learn, you know, homesteading, all things really home related, and you know, ask us questions that off the cuff or planned ahead whatever and we'll try to answer you know succinctly and in a useful manner so candace let's start off by telling everybody where in the world you're coming from i'm in greensboro i'm actually not far from drew and Lacey. yes candace is one of the smart people that takes advantage of most of the things that we do here on the farm whether it's kids activities or community market or you name it she's always coming to stuff because but she lives around the corner so it's fun to have a neighbor on the call with us because we are definitely in the same zone right 7b is our zone yes yeah yeah i think Um, when i started gardening i didn't know yeah. Well, I love it. You're always like, just Google it. <laughs> right. <laughs> you can Google that. I, um, I still like, you know, they updated the map not too long ago too. Like we were 7A yeah. and then we moved to 7B. Which just means so, we're a little like hotter, but hotter, you know, yeah. the global warming or whatever. But so Candace actually just did her first real garden this year. And it's been so impressive to watch her go from start to finish and make it really work. I mean, she did a really good job asking questions and getting answers and then also implementing those answers, which is usually the, the biggest hang up. So <laughs> yeah, Candice, you want to give people a little bit of like that kind of where you're coming from, like, you know, what your story a little bit and your goals. Yeah. And your- yeah. So we moved, my family of four moved from the city, like basically near downtown last year. And we always said we wanted land, but we weren't really looking and God really put this house and property just in our lap. And so we moved and changed pretty much everything in our life. If you were to bullet point out, like, where do you work? Where do your kids go to school? What do you do? All that changed for me. So now I don't work. I stay home. I pulled my kids out of public school and started homeschooling and trying to figure out how to work the land that we have. So Drew and Lacey, I know from doTERRA and I know how smart they are and what they're doing with their family and I was of course like oh I got to call them first especially when I knew that you were so close but I'm a big risk taker I don't know how to do things in small bites I just kind of jump in 
both feet. Let's go. And that's what I did with my garden. Some days I feel like it's fine, but other days I'm like, what did I do? But it's okay. That's our favorite method too. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> so how much property do you have? We have eight and a half acres and it's all, it's like a golf course, lots of rolling hills and there's a pond and, you know, not full sun everywhere because we have a ton of trees and shade covers. So we're trying to, we spent some time watching the land and trying to figure out where the sunny spots were and what, you know, tried to be somewhat strategic, which was hard for me because I like to just do things. But I think Drew actually suggested that or I read that you wrote that somewhere, like get it some time. So we did that. And in the spring, we started, we went out and bought a tiller thinking that that was how we would garden. And you guys actually convinced me to plant on cardboard, which is a whole other conversation. (laughs) So I'm very trusting of what you say. And I just like to make mistakes, honestly, because I think we can learn from those. So it's been lots of those and lots of learning along the way well and I mean the fortunate part is that we've we've used tillers so you did make that mistake because you listened to us who already made that mistake so (laughs) (laughs) yeah well we're gonna till up another garden and kind of do an experiment to see like does one do better with the lasagna method versus this one more traditional so I'm kind of excited to play around yeah take a lot of pictures that'll be interesting to Yeah. yeah compare. And what are your goals in terms of your homestead? Are you hoping to be fully self-sufficient in terms of all the foods you grow or is that just really for joy or what's the purpose of your? No, I would say it's the, I mean, the first, I think my husband thought it was a hobby and we actually talked about this last night. Like, no, I'm trying to grow our own food. You know, I want to know where it came from and what it was sprayed with and where the seeds came from and all that matters. And I was really ignorant about that for most of my life. So it's only been as of late that I've started to think about those things. And I think the last 18 months have pushed us all into maybe realizing some stuff that we've taken for granted. And for me, that was a big area. So yeah, it does bring me joy. I would like to grow everything we consume from a produce perspective. That's my goal. And I know that's going to take some time, but maybe not as long as I think. Okay. All right. Well, that gives you, gives our listeners a little background in your motives. And I bet a lot of them can relate. A lot of them are starting out, expanding, have about the same size acreage. Doesn't take a lot to make enough for what you need. So eight is actually probably even more than you would need but I'm excited to, um, to talk about doing it. And it, cause it's kind of, a, it's country, but it's kind of. Yeah, urban. some days it seems overwhelming because it's a lot of space. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, well, let's just dive in. So Candace, go ahead and start asking us any questions that you have with regards to the process. So I guess my overarching question would be, what would you guys tell a beginner based off what you wish you would known when you started? Like if you could write Drew and Lacey 10 years ago, a letter and say, Hey, you should probably pay attention to these things. What would that look like? What mistakes have you made and how have you failed in a forward direction? And talk about that a little bit. I would say slow down and be, you would tell us to slow down and yeah. you think we would listen to us. No, I don't think probably that. not. But maybe if it was me telling myself, right? But and plant more. Like we still feel like we should have planted or could plant more intensively, so tighter together. Like you know, at this point we have 15 acres, and we have a little bit here and a little bit there, and you know, kind of spread out because it's our overall goal to have the property covered in food. But the reality is when you keep it all tighter together, you can help 
manage it better mm-hmm. and yeah. you know like bringing in mulch I, I think that would be maybe my second thing I would tell myself is get real friendly with someone that has mulch so that I just have a constant supply of it like just this year we've finally found a guy that like brings it to us probably once a week once a month once a month yeah. yeah something like that but being able to just develop little pockets of food and then going out from there and I will say too I mean there's a couple of different like when you say at the beginning like going back like how far back do you go I think you know in the very beginning I think I would just encourage us to follow the crazy dream even though it seems a little crazy all of the different things all the choices we've made while they weren't all the perfect most of them were in alignment with what we still believe today and I think even though they were challenging they were hard and a lot of times we had to go up current I we've gotten even still to where you know this really great place that we dreamt about right so I think I heard a quote yesterday or read a meme (laughs) Are those quotes? I don't know. Yeah, sure. <laughs> but that the the person going against the the person going the opposite direction when everyone's running towards the edge of a cliff looks like a crazy person, right? And I think we I've I feel like we've spent a lot of time in our faith and how we raise our children and the choices that we've made about medical choices and the foods we eat and all of that has felt like we're maybe the person running in the opposite direction hoping other people will be like, let's run. And, you know, we've had a few people that have helped us along the way and led us in that, on that path, obviously. But I think that that's the best encouragement I probably give myself is that it feels like friction feels like you're going the wrong way because it's harder, but just keep doing it anyways. And and that kind of sucks (laughs) because you want to offer some, like make it easier, but there, it really, you can't make it easier and still come out on the other end with all of the wisdom and the experience and and everything so I still remember our brother-in-law was like when when the pandemic first hit he was like man I'm doing things really different now you guys should do it too he's like I'm going to like Lindley Mill and buying my flour and I'm going to the farmer's market and buying food and like he kept listing out all these things I'm like man we need to be doing that and then like when he first when he stopped I was like wait we already that's how we live (laughs) Like we've been doing yeah. that for the past 10 years. He's like, I think it's really made people stop and think. I was like, uh, I mean, yeah, okay. I can see that. And I'm really appreciative of, you know, like having the diversity in our lives of people who are in a different place on their path. Like I don't, you know, there's no judgment anywhere. It's you got to go on your own by way of your own route. And it's just nice to know that, you know, all routes are eventually lead to this. No, I'm just <laughs> No, I mean, I, I do think there's so much wisdom in what you said. And for me personally, I'm looking for the people that are going the other way. And I'm thankful that God puts those people in our path. And I don't think it's coincidental because the ones going the wrong way are onto something. Right. And so I'm thankful for the community that we have and it just keeps growing. And it's kind of, your brother-in-law said kind of what I said too, about people are starting to question more, I guess, and yeah. in a healthy way that, their lifestyles being changed in little tiny bits. And I think that's the key. Yeah, yeah. I agree. I agree. And it, and I think that, you know, the best lesson I've, I've learned over the course of the last year is just to always be open to seeing things from a different perspective. I mean, even still, like, I can take a step back and, and be like, okay, was this really the right thing? Or are these really the right choices? And sometimes they're not. But then a lot of times, you know, you just find more reasons to kind of keep at whatever it is that you're doing but well it makes me think of that like holistic management one of the principles is make a plan execute that plan and then assume you're wrong which Lacey and I have gone in great lengths because I don't like the assume you're wrong because it just sets it in a negative negative, tone 
but ultimately the less there is a lesson to be learned and just like you know looking at what's happening and is is it what should be happening is or it not working, right? right yeah is it working or not and then you know adapting from there or changing your plan again to find a different outcome well and i think the other thing that it made me think of when you said like when you're first getting started and then drew kind of jumped into when we first got this acreage that we're on now uh you know we had an urban homestead when we lived in the city we grew almost all our own produce enough to sell at farmers markets and i mean it was less than a quarter acre we sold honey we did chickens and had our own eggs. I mean, we made the most of that quarter of acre and it was, it was flourishing. And the only reason we wanted more was because we thought, well, if we were having more kids and it was in the ghetto. So there were a couple of different reasons, but uh, we wanted to have goats and we wanted to have chickens, more of them, and um, maybe even cows and whatnot. So that was our big motivation for living the urban environment, leaving the ur urban environment. But we were so, we were able to be so efficient in that space. Like Drew was saying, like we were so intensive and we were so paying attention to every corner of that property. And it made it so that it was easier to manage, right? We didn't spend nearly as much time or money, I should add, to that. So I think one of the things that I, I see a lot of people making the move from city environments into more, more rural environments to buy more land. And I can totally see why you're doing that. But a couple of things I will share with you before you maybe make the move or before you land on your next property is just to really set some parameters. First, you, you might not have to leave the city to get where you really want to go. You know, there is a lot of potential in even just that small amount of land. And a lot of times I think our success is defined by the edges that we create, the boundaries that we create. And so having, I think what Drew said about, you know, taking on too much, I think we should have developed more of an edge around what we were working on intensely and then just continue to broaden that edge. And I think that goes along with permaculture too, because when you start talking about zones, you have like zone zero, which is the home, right? And then zone one, which is like the really the outside perimeter of where you're immediately functioning around the outside of your house. And I think sometimes it just becomes like, you know, you get more and so you like your, it's like your eyes are too big for you. We your moved own. on from zone zero or zone one way too fast. Yeah. We should have just stayed in there, planted like even the fruit trees and everything within in zone one before moving out farther. Mm -hmm. but, yeah. yeah, yeah, it works. And also water, <laughs> water, planning for water, get your water infrastructure set up before you do anything. It's probably, yeah. and that's what we usually tell everyone. <laughs> also to sit and watch and be more patient but you know like I wouldn't work we could tell ourselves that all day long and we wouldn't have we wouldn't have waited any more than we waited so anyway does that answer your question no that's really <laughs> helpful it, it y'all are so smart so I guess I do have another question about you asked me what our goals were and I only talked about food mm -hmm. because that's the obvious one right we have to eat and so if I can grow something versus buying at Food Lion, that's a win-win, but I try to support farmers when I can. But my question is, if the if we continue in this uh, trajectory, it looks like we may go with like segregation of, I can't go in and shop if I don't do a certain thing, right? Mm -hmm. And we have to barter and trade and mm -hmm. all of that. If I grow my own food and have chickens, it's most likely that other people that are like-minded grow their own food and have chickens. So I don't really have anything that they would need that they don't already have. Mm -hmm. And so what are your thoughts on finding maybe a niche and, or I don't know if it's a crop or an animal that you raise for, you know, cattle or milk or what, what have you, but is it better to be diversified or succinct in our efforts? 
Hmm. in your opinion? I like that. I think that that is a good question. I think that there's a lot of talk of self-sufficiency and this is actually something that Drew and I go back and forth about a lot because the truth is we can never really self-contain or sustain ourselves because we're, it's just, we're not wired for that. We're wired for community, interaction, socialization, all of those things is there are so fundamental to us that I don't know that it necessarily means we have to bring a value to a table that's different than anyone else. It's just a value of, you know, being a part of the same community, you know, like. So were- like basically self-sufficiency requires community. That, yeah. That's like. It's community sufficiency. Yeah. And I think that's mm-hmm. half the reason that we started the market at all is because we see that there's, we all have something, whether we're growing the same things or not, we still bring a different element to the table, whether it's, you know, your personality or your, your strength to sit and listen to someone or your, there's just, everyone brings their own thing. Even if it's just support, like it's huge for everyone to feel like they have those other faces they know that are going against the crowd running towards the cliff, right? Like there is comfort in that. There is strength in that. And there's solitude in that, or not solitude. What's the word? Uh, Solid. Solidarity. Solidarity. That's not solitude. Solidarity <laughs> in that. Yeah. So on one hand, I can see your point because I, I kind of fell asleep thinking like, you know, we have a farmer mastermind and we had that last night and it was wonderful. And it always ends. We're talking about like, you know, really deep things, the spiritual elements of farming and what, how it's changed and how it impacts our lives, how it impacts raising children, all of these things. It's I mean, it's crazy how good it it is. But last night we ended up talking, okay, how can we strengthen the community? And I think that, you know, there are people from all walks of life. Like I think that, that we think like the best thing that we can do is leave behind the city and move into the country. And while I am all about a commune, I don't know that I see that happening anytime. <laughs> I really feel like that's the best case scenario because if we're all working on the same garden, right? But whatever, we'll get there, I guess. But in the meantime, you know, I don't think everyone has to grow all their own food, right? We just, like you know plant and intensely and and maybe your skill set is something else maybe your skill set is organization or you know networking and keeping people in the loop or maybe your skill set is you're a dentist or you're an EMT or you know like having that and knowing all of these different kinds of people who can offer something it doesn't have to be tomatoes or eggs or beef you know right like I think that sometimes we go to that first because you're right it is the most fundamental thing that we can think of when it comes to survival but there's so many more elements to survive yeah because ultimately like someone that's really good at growing tomatoes if they don't have a way to market those tomatoes or organize that you know right. even like the seed packets or something you know like you need all those elements in the community Mm -hmm. so yeah 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 you need teachers you need spiritual leaders you need I mean like the list just goes on and on so I think I don't know that we necessarily it's funny because somebody said the other day that toilet paper was (laughs) running out in stores again my thought was who do I know that could make me toilet paper (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> not me <laughs> Candace maybe you need there, your bestie there's your niche <laughs> I'm doing it <laughs> anyway but yeah no I think that this is a really important topic that I hope that people are having globally because I mean we can see what's transpiring across the globe and in, you know it's nutty what's going on in Australia right now it's nutty it's crazy And I thought they honestly were probably second next to us in terms of like free spirited kind of American mentality over there. But, you know, like it's just, it's much different than I would have ever expected seeing anything in modern day happening over there. So, so I think it's wise to be considering, you know, how are we going to, how are we going to proceed? But then also 
realize that in finding that comfort or that community, you're also, also finding comfort because I mean, that's where we're all supposed to, that's where we're all supposed to retreat anyways. So anyway, we could, okay. we could probably, I could come up, conjure up more to say, but I'm going to stop. <laughs> it's all good. What else you got? <laughs> Let's see. None of these. I think, so I, so I, I had envisioned you asking like, okay, so what do I spray for this bug or like, oh, <laughs> you know, I have to go deep. I'm not going to ask a basic question, but let me think of a simple question like that. You don't um, know to. Whatever okay. You want. One more. I'd say one more question and then that's probably, that's probably, enough. probably okay. enough. Yeah. Your kids, how do you, I, actually, I need to stop calling them that they're not goats. Your children. <laughs> How do you get your children to joyfully want to help you on your farm? Because I feel like I'm banging my head (laughs) against the wall on most days to get my children to make their bed and they'll collect eggs because that's like a new thing and it's fun. But as far as changing out the water for the birds and making sure the cats have food and it's inconsistent. And so maybe I'm being impatient, but if you have any tricks for that, I would love to hear it. (laughs) I, so oh, let's go ahead and start. Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> so first I think like it's sweet when people have this vision of farm life where kids go off and do their chores and scamper back to the house and everything's <laughs> all peaceful and quiet and little house on the prairie-ish. Um, but I, like the truth is kids are kids and they are going to be grumpy and mad, just like we're grumpy and mad and don't want to do it. Like, I think a lot of times about parenting, like, how can I relate that? I'm not a great parent, like all the time. Right. And a lot of times I'm not a great parent at all, but you know, I think the overarching thing that my, maybe my children would agree with good days is that I'm a pretty good parent. Like, you know, it's kind of like, I'm just going for a good average here, but (laughs) just passing. Yeah. yeah, Well, you know, anyways, but I think like comparing our relationship with our children to our relationship with the creator is a really good way to kind of get a perspective on that. Because the truth is whatever your life chores are, you're not going to want to do them all the time, right? It could be what you chose you want to do and you still get angsty about it or or begrudging begrudging (laughs) about it. And, you know, you yell at the creator for putting a like it not watering for, or it not raining for weeks because now all your plants are wilty. Now you have to go out in 90 degree weather and have to do it, right? Like there's always something to be grumpy about. So I think giving children a little bit of grace there and like giving us the opportunity to take a step back and say, okay, well, they're just humans, <laughs> right? And then help them to work through that. But it's just not always going to be beautiful. It's not always yeah. going to be Instagram worthy. And I was going to say like, we use bribery a lot like there's definitely like okay we're gonna do I, I don't like to call it bribery because look this bribery is what makes people work if people didn't get paid for their work they wouldn't right. work right yeah. like you paid, so bartering. we just it's not generally cash it's like we pay them in we bought so we sales. barter with them for like yeah. their access to ice cream or their access to the pool or to electronics yeah. Or like, electronics. Wow. There's yeah. lots of things they want. Well, Put, putting it in Lacey's uh, metaphor, the Lord yeah. giveth and the Lord taketh away. <laughs> yeah. you know, like you right. have a good attitude and then yeah. you might get some electronic time. Or if you have a bad attitude, you might lose electronics, mm-hmm. you know, like, but on a like more logistical level too, I try and design everything mm-hmm. that I make on the farm for them to be able to access it so like our chicken coops they can get into the watering system i've tried to make it as simple as i can for them so Mm -hmm. they can do their chores without it 
like without them needing me, mm-hmm. but also for them to feel like they are capable. capable, successful at it, you know, like that goes a long way. And it's a very Montessori slash Waldorf kind of mentality of mm-hmm. like making their home environment, their home environment too. We've done the same thing in the house. So, you know, hooks, we hang lower so that they can hang their own t- clothes and towels up. Right. And the we, dishes are the on, dishes the bottom. on the bottom. So yeah. when they empty the dishwasher, it's there, they can reach it. They can put them away. And I mean, little things like that throughout the house to make it. So it's not a, well, I can't reach or, you know, that's meant for big people, not for little people. It's all meant for little people. And our kids are getting older now. They're not, only one of them is really little anymore at all. But, but those little tricks have paid off big time just in thinking about how we approach things. But I mean, giving kids something that's challenging and giving them the, the opportunity to be grumpy and to know they have to do it anyways, and then to get it done is I think one of life's greatest lessons. And I, you know, I think that all of us now as adults through the challenges we've had, we appreciate them. Maybe now, maybe we don't, maybe we should more, maybe, you know, like a lot of times I think we need to do work to realize we need to appreciate them, but you know, we wouldn't, we don't get to be who we are until we go through the challenges that God lays out and says, you know, you get to have these challenges, right? Like they're, they are yours, whether, you know, and we had this conversation last night too. Like he didn't, he didn't do it because he hates you and we're not giving them chores because we hate them, right? We're giving them chores because we we can see the value that it adds to their character. And so, I mean, yeah, every day is not going to be sparkly and like it's, the first day you it's ha- funny you're though, lays an egg, right? Which is the fun day, but. <laughs> it's funny though, because like on the rainy days mm-hmm. and the snowy days, like they're almost more prone to wanting to go out then, mm-hmm. you know, but like, mm-hmm. I, it, I think that's like when they even have more wonder, like it might take them an hour to go check for eggs and feed mm-hmm. the chickens when I can do it in like three minutes, but they're out there exploring nature and being part of nature and seeing things that I would just walk by and, you know, it's magical for them. Mm -hmm. So that's part of it too. I would say is just letting them, you know, not, not making it rigid, like Mm -hmm. go check for eggs. And if you don't come back for an hour, that's fine. (laughs) Right. Yeah. (laughs) While you're out there poking the mud and, you know, make a mud pie or, you know, do whatever, you know, like just go out there. No, I love that. And something you said reminded me of something I read yesterday. It said children are little, but they're not small. Mm -hmm. And it just stuck with me that, you know, we're developing their character, right? Right. And so a lot of the times it's an issue with their heart if they're rebellious. And that's just a note for myself to remember. Right. (laughs) You wouldn't know anything about that. (laughs) Yeah. No, I think that's a good question though. And including, I think that we, you know, like to help people because you can't, you can never homestead alone. Like you just can't, if you have a family, you can't be the only one on the, on the property who's doing all the things. Like your kids have to participate, especially if you're homeschooling, like it has to be something that everybody's doing together. So building it in a way that is conducive to them participating and makes them feel like they're a part of everything. And so Drew does do a really good job of including them when he's building coops and setting up fences and things to say, you know, what do you think we should do? Or how would this work better? And they love solving those puzzles. It's like, I mean, like the best school projects you could ever come up right. with. Right. And sometimes we come up with some crazy things. Sometimes they come up with ideas that I wouldn't even think of, you know? And it's like, man, glad you guys were here. <laughs> and then sometimes you're like, wow, I could do this a lot faster without them. But <laughs> yeah, that's definitely sometimes. But... Yeah. Does that answer that? Yeah, that's good. <laughs> Yay! Well, that your children are very well behaved and helpful, so you're doing something right. So that's oh, good. Oh, thank you. 
Yeah. Most of the time. In public. No. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Your kids are good too. So. Yeah. Thanks. They're good girls. They have been in their little house on the prairie dresses all day, by the way. So we oh, do live that yay. life over here. Yeah. They go into full character. It's so precious. Oh, that was the cutest. <laughs> those old pictures of when my girls used to do that come up regularly. And those, I, you don't know how fast it goes by, but mm -hmm. it is the best. It's the best, best. But anyway, enjoy it. Okay. All right. Well, thank you everyone for tuning in. I hope you enjoyed our conversation and are inspired to implement or just ponder whatever. <laughs> um, Candace, thank you so much for being on the call with us. I'm sure we'll see you again very soon. I have faith yeah, in so you should come get it. But that's it. We'll talk soon. Have a good one. I hope you enjoyed today's episode and that gave you a little bit of clarity and encouragement on getting started on your own homestead or just uh, some other ideas if you're already homesteading. If that's the kind of thing that you need a little bit of help with, we'd love to help you out. We have a program called the Academy where we coach people along in homesteading, give them a little bit of extra guidance, some feedback on how to be successful on the homestead. Check out theschoolhouselife.com and click on the Academy to get more information about that.